Hi guys, it's Joanne. I have two quick things to tell you before we start today's episode. Number one, I am starting a monthly newsletter. I think you're going to love it. It will have favorite moments from the last month's episodes. It'll also have some exclusive outtakes and bloopers, exciting updates about previous guests, and some sneak peeks to upcoming episodes, so you won't want to miss out on that. In this first newsletter, I am going to give you a sneak preview of some audio that is just a fascinating story. Our guest next week is Mary Turner Thompson, and she tells us the story of discovering that She's married to a man who has another family and has woven an almost unbelievable web of lies. She has just a fascinating, incredible, and very positive story to share. By signing up for the newsletter, you'll have access to that sound snippet. The way to get signed up for that is to go to fancyfreepodcast.com and then either sign up in the pop-up or scroll all the way down to the bottom of that home page and there will be an area for you to enter your first name and your email address. It will be one monthly email and we will never spam you. The next thing is you guys are going to love today's guest. Her name is Rachel Shelb and I just want to let you know that if you didn't hear our 13 Crazy First Date Stories episode back in July, you have to go back and at least listen to Rachel's part of the episode. The whole episode is so much fun. We have guests from the previous season and then a few sneak peeks to this season. Rachel was one of those. Go to fancyfreepodcast.com slash date three, D-A-T-E, and then the number three. You'll find that episode. And if you don't have a lot of time and you want to zip straight to Rachel, she's at 2114, but the whole episode's so much fun and definitely worth a listen. You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me a new girlfriend. Her name is Rachel Shelb. Rachel is an introvert who frequently gets confused for an extrovert. She loves tacos, breakfast food, and kayaking. She's a pastor's wife and has been married to her best friend, Andy, for almost 12 years. They have two young kiddos, ages eight and three. Rachel is incredibly passionate about the biblical call to show hospitality. Through her podcast, Love Well on Purpose, her blog and guest writing posts, She helps remove the fear and stigma of hospitality and helps people intentionally love those around them well. Rachel, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be on. Absolutely. Okay, well, I have so much to talk to you about just in that little intro. First of all, I am also an introvert who frequently gets confused for an extrovert. Yay! People just don't believe me, and I'm like, oh, trust me, sister. I'm the chattiest introvert. <laughs> I have all the personality tests to prove it. I promise you. I'm a personality test junkie. I love them. I feel like the more we can understand ourselves and each other, the better chance we have at like loving each other well, like you say. So tell me, what are your personality types? So do you know your Myers-Briggs type? Oh, I can't ever remember it. So I'm fun fact, I'm dyslexic. So Myers-Briggs results are like never in my favor because I always flip them and I'm an INJF. There we go. INFJ. Yes. Okay. That is, that's what I am. Yay. And do you know what your Enneagram type is? Yes. So I am a one wing nine. Oh, I think you're the very first person I've ever spoken to who's a one wing nine. How interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm very black and white, but I want to keep the peace. And so it makes life fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
My husband is a seven, wing eight. Oh, fun. He's the life of the party. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, what did I miss? Fill in the blanks about who you are and what you do and what projects you have on the horizon. Yeah, so I think you nailed a lot of it. The one thing I would add is that I am currently working on a book. It is in the babyest of baby stages. The idea of it is how to help people support their loved ones and friends that are going through a grief journey. You know, we really are great in the front part of grief when we first find out that our friend has a diagnosis of something or has lost a loved one or whatever. But then we fall off the wagon of supporting them just because we don't know what to say or what to do. And so hopefully this book will help answer some of those questions and help us know how to better love our friends on grief journeys. That is so, so needed. Amazing. So I'm a little bit afraid to ask you, do you have a grief journey that has informed all of this knowledge or is this just something that you're passionate about? Yeah. So I never thought I would be the girl who wrote on grief because I don't want to be the like Debbie Downer topic person. But here I am because God told me to. So I said, okay, I have multiple grief journeys. Honestly, Um, I had dysfunctional childhood thanks to a parent with mental illness. I lost my brother in Afghanistan coming up on seven years ago. Oh, no. We've had some church hurt with being in ministry. We've had failed adoptions. So there's quite a few different grief journeys that I've been on. And then I also am interviewing some other um, incredible people in this book who have other grief journeys other than my own. So they have special needs diagnosis of a child miscarriages, all sorts of different things, talking about grief as it relates to racism. So all sorts of different things are going to be packed into this book because grief is so much more than just physical loss. It's loss of dreams, loss of relationships, loss of all sorts of different complex things. And and that's what makes it sticky to know how to walk with people in that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. And I'm sorry that you went through all that, but... <laughs> Man, are you well positioned to speak life into these situations for other people. And wow, I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Yeah. That's a massive undertaking. Your kiddos are so little. When do you find the time? (laughs) I have great in-laws that live near us and they take the kids um, periodically. And then I just, you know, spend all that time that whole day just writing, 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 hoping to get out as much as possible. And yeah, it's about to get more interesting. I am looking at starting seminary online in the fall, and then my son will be staying home for school this year thanks to the pandemic. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be quite the fun journey. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just make sure you sleep. What what is that again? I I know. It's so hard to come by. It's so important. I'm just really grateful for Diet Cokes. I'm just saying. (gasps) Me too. Huge fan (laughs) over here. Huge. As you know, the point of this podcast is to tell all and show our underbellies so that our guests feel less alone. So what do you have for us today? Oh, my gracious. I don't even know where to start. There are so many. I think the best thing that would give your listeners an idea of really who I am is probably the chicken bone story. I was homeschooled all the way through. That doesn't really have much of a bearing other than just I fit the awkward homeschool person. Just it's who I am. I'm just socially awkward. I haven't gotten out of that. And so just, you know, keep that in mind. So I'm sitting at home. I'm in middle school, probably 12 years old or so. Old enough to know better for this to happen, by the way. So I'm (laughs) at the lunch table. I've heated up some uh, fried chicken from the night before doing my reading for school. Shouldn't be that hard. It was for me, apparently, because I took a bite And I crunched on something and it wasn't like the crunchy outer part of the fried chicken. It was like hard Mm -hmm. crunched. And I was like, huh, 
But in my little 12-year-old brain, I just kept on reading. I don't remember what I was reading. I wish I knew because it must have been so intriguing and so fantastic because I kept crunching on this bone and then swallowed this bone and I felt it and I was like, oh, that's not good. What have I done? (laughs) I can't undo it. (laughs) And I didn't want to tell my mom because I was like, I'm fine. So I took another couple of bites because for whatever reason, I remembered my mom saying like when you eat fish to have bread and then if there's the fish bones, the bread will capture into it and then it'll like help you swallow them. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe that'll happen. It didn't. And so I, I had to tell my mom, like, uh, mom, I think I swallowed a chicken bone. <laughs> and she was like, what? And so she kind of didn't believe me either. Don't worry, I, mom. I chewed it up really well first. <laughs> well, no, that's the fun part. I hadn't. She said, surely it'll just disappear. I'm like, no, mom, I've been trying. We need to go to the doctor. So she takes me to one of the urgent care walk-in places or whatever. And they like don't believe me either. So they're poking on my throat. I'm telling them where it hurts. Every time I swallow, it feels like knives going down my throat. (laughs) To make a very long story, super short. And by long story, I mean, this was a six to seven hour process. (laughs) They did x-rays on me at the urgent care. Like It's a medical field trip. (laughs) It was, That should count. You should have gotten a credit in school for that. (laughs) (laughs) They took x-rays. It wound up being a rib bone from the fried chicken. Inch, inch and a half long, stuck directly in my throat. (laughs) And so I could still breathe, thankfully. It was awful. Well, Mm. they couldn't do anything about it at urgent care because they are not equipped to handle such stupid medical things. (laughs) And so they sent me to the ER. The ER said, yeah, the bone is still in there. And I was like, no, no joke. I feel it. I know it's there. The ER couldn't do it because it wasn't high enough for them to get it out with the tools they had. It wasn't low enough for them to do surgery. It was a whole thing. And so then they sent me to an ENT clear across town who like had this little thing to get it out. And he asked me, he goes, do you want to keep it? <laughs> what? No, I don't want to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to make a necklace out of it. Right? What am I going to do with this rib bone that's like so gross? But then the <laughs> best part of this is I went on to, now keep in mind I was homeschooled, but I uh, grew up at a very, very large mega church and we had our own marching band. What? Yes. And so. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. That's fascinating. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. And so I played saxophone in the marching band and we were supposed to have our band practice. And so I had been advised to not play my instrument that day because my throat was so irritated. But I still went to band practice and sat there. So then I had to explain why I couldn't play. I could have just skipped, but instead I felt it was necessary for me to be there because I'm a type one and I need to like be there because that's the rules. And yet I had to explain to everyone that I had swallowed a chicken bone so I couldn't play my saxophone. So that's me in a nutshell. Just super awkward. (laughs) I'm picturing a cartoon version of you with like a bow tie on your neck, but it's on the inside, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That sounds painful and very time consuming. Your mom was like, I've got better things to do. I thought I taught you how to eat long ago. Oh, yes. For a very long time afterwards, I was not allowed to read while eating. <laughs> that was, I guess, my punishment for the, for the stupidity. But <laughs> I was embarrassed to be alive like from birth, but I'm assuming that for most people, middle school is the height of being embarrassed to be alive. But anyway, I was in fourth grade and my mom packed leftover fried chicken in my lunch. And it was, I think it was from Kentucky fried chicken. It wasn't homemade. 
and I pulled out this piece of chicken and it had a feather on it. And for some reason, I was like, my mom is trying to kill my social (laughs) reputation. (laughs) I was like, who? I tell her, we talk about it to this day because she's like, I still don't get it, Joanne. Who cares? Just pluck the feather off and go on with your day. And I'm like, I was mortified. Uh, no, that's so gross. Like I know, I know. That I had feathers Thank at you. one time, but I don't need to see it while I'm about to eat it. I don't want to think about the feathers while I'm putting no. it in my mouth. Thank oh. you for understanding. Yes, I validate your feelings. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Lord have mercy. Okay, what else have you got for us? Again, I went to a very large church. We had a student choir and we would do choir tours and where we would go to a different place in the country. Every summer, we'd go for like a week, and we'd sing around at different places in churches, and then also sometimes in like parks and whatnot. So we got to go to Washington, D.C., and we were supposed to sing as a group, like large group. I'm talking there were probably a 100 of us in this choir, and it was all high school students. Wow. And we were supposed to sing in the Capitol Rotunda. Huge honor, super cool, super amazing. Now keep in mind, like it's not like I had a solo or anything. I'm like in the background. You don't want to hear me sing by myself. It's not pretty, (laughs) but I'm part of this, right? Super cool. Just in case I ask you to burst into song right here on the radio. Please don't. You don't don't want to do that. So noted. That's a whole nother level of embarrassment. (laughs) But so I just want to set this this picture. It's not like I'm about to go sing the Star Spangled Banner by myself, right? Like it's massive choir. (laughs) But they had given us some free time before this, which they should have known better. They should have known to send us all out sightseeing. Teenagers, come on. You got to keep them corralled until after their commitment is (laughs) complete. (laughs) We're told, you know, same groups of three or four, and you've got an hour and a half of sightseeing, but you have to be at the steps at this time. We have to enter as a group. If you're not with us, you won't be able to go in. We were like, okay, an hour and a half. And so my best friend and I, as well as a couple others, we are like, listen, we don't know. We're high school kids. We're like, we don't know when we are getting back to D.C. So we are making the most of this. And so, I mean, this was pre-cell phones and pre-Google, pre-all of this. You're lucky if you had a watch on your wrist, right? Right. And so, so, which I don't think we did either. And so, like, just send us out. (laughs) And so we did. I mean, we saw all of the war memorials. We saw the Smithsonian. We saw Abraham Lincoln. We walked the mall. I mean, in an hour and a half. Wow. It was was impressive. We were booking it. That's rapid fire tourism right there. Oh, yeah. I got my disposable camera out proving that we saw these things, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's the height of awesome. And so we're doing this. And my friend and I were talking. We were like, one day we're going to come. We're going to move here, blah, blah, blah. Fun fact later, she did live not super far away from D.C. And I got to visit her. And it was really fun. Like this moment of realization. Hey, we're adults. And we did it. This is fun. So, So we packed all of this in. And we're like, okay, cool, we can make it, except for the fact that we misjudged how long it was going to take us to get back to the Capitol. Oh, dear. We were late by 10, 15 minutes, like a significant Mm. amount of time, especially when you're trying to get a large group in, right? And there's security clearance to get in. It's not like you just go, oh, hey, I want to look around. I'm supposed to sing in the rotunda. No, there's security. (laughs) But my friend and I, we were stupid. We were like, oh, it'll be fine. They'll let us in. And we did manage to sweet talk our way in <laughs> with this Nice. <laughs> we didn't know exactly where we were supposed to sing. We didn't know we were singing in the rotunda. We just knew we were like supposed to sing. And we were like, look, they all have these shirts on just like us. 
And they were like, that does not provide us any type of verification of who you are. We didn't have driver's license. Like what in the world? And so thankfully someone had pity on us and then we actually got to go. I mean, don't like disobey the rules, but it worked well in our favor because we got to have like this secret underground tour where they took us in a golf cart under the rotunda, under everything and like whipped us around. And then we were able to sneak in the back so that our leaders never knew we were late. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is amazing. (laughs) It was awesome. It was the coolest thing. And then we got to like have this VIP, like no one's supposed to be under there without access. And we got to do it. It was the coolest. (laughs) Besides the fact that it shaved a year off of your life, I'm sure, because it was so, so stressful. Yeah. It was kind of worth it, it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah, it was worth it. But oh my goodness, it was so nerve wracking. If we had missed it, it would have been one thing. But once we were underneath in the golf cart going, at that point, it was like, oh my goodness, are we going to be able to sneak in or are they going to be able to see us? Uh Like, that's the thing. And we were able to total James Bond style. A ninja crawl up to the back of the group and just stand up like nothing ever happened. Yes, it was great. (laughs) Love it. I'm so glad that worked out for you. I'm so glad that your youth group leaders didn't shame you in front of 100 other teenagers. <laughs> I think they kind of just knew, like, that's par for the course with Rachel. She's always skating by. So, you know, I hadn't done anything, like, horribly wrong. Oh there was gosh. one time where I was not able to sneak by. We were at our first church where my husband was on staff. So he was the student pastor of a small little church. So three of the pastors were on staff. I'm in my early 20s. There's a couple things I love to wear. I love to wear white t-shirts. I don't know why, just white t-shirts make me happy. And then I love to wear a denim jacket. I'd wear my skirt, I'd wear my dress, and then I'd throw on a denim jacket because the sanctuary was always cold. Perfect. Denim jackets have stood the test of time, I feel like. That's right. Apparently not to this church member who had been observing me for a very long time, I guess, and was just very bothered by the fact that I wore a denim jacket. She was harboring denim jacket resentment towards oh, you? Apparently. Oh my gosh. And so this is a lady, she was probably mid-50s. So like you would think that she would still be cool with the denim jacket. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking mm-hmm. about like a 95-year-old lady who's like, you got to wear your matching ensemble with a hat type of Right. Uh, type of age. And right. everything must be starched. Right. You know, like that would be one thing, but she's in her fifties. Like she should be, she should be down for a denim jacket. You know, I'm not wearing like holy <laughs> jeans, but no, apparently this was a problem for her. And so we were both in the choir. I like to sing. I just can't sing. So that's the moral of all of this. Me too. I'm like, uh, sign me up. I can carry a tune. It's not pretty, but it yes. helps the group. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm a filler. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we're in choir. <laughs> we're about to go up. And I had been given like a solo. Small church, their choices for singers was very limited. You're like, y'all are scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I'm, I'll do it. No problem. <laughs> for sure. So I'm already super nervous. She comes up, she has a gift for me, which sounds really sweet, right? Sounds really precious. Cool. Great. And we talked earlier about grief journeys and stuff. And this was one of the churches that kind of caused us some grief. And so, mm. oh, sweet. This is so, so wonderful that this church member has a gift for me. Uh Uh-uh. Let me just tell you, she had in there this sweater. Now, I don't know if you remember in the early to mid-2000s when the crop sweater was a thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You know, like where it would come like right under your bazooms? Yes. And and I did not have small ones. And so um, those sweaters were never, never a good thing for me. Especially not as a pastor's wife. You don't really want to be drawing attention to the girls while you're in church. (laughs) 
Yes. Another podcast I love is called Everyday Style with Jen. And she says, never put a horizontal line on the widest part of you or a part you don't want to draw attention to. And those crop sweaters, that's just not okay right there. Right? If you're well endowed. Yes. A denim jacket is a far better option. Not to yes. this lady, though. And so she, as I'm nervous, I'm about to sing. I'm, I'm like, just stressed. She hands me this gift. I pull it out. It's this terrible sweater, which I'm sure was, in her mind, was well-intentioned. But she goes and she gives it to me. And she says, now you can wear this instead of that tacky denim jacket. <gasps> oh, my Which goodness. I had on at the time. <laughs> and you're just about to go up in front of a group. So she's put you in this incredibly difficult situation where you're trying to act gracious. You're yes. trying to decide on the spot. Should I take my denim jacket off and put this awful thing on and, and really look terrible to everybody but this exactly. well-intentioned but very rude lady? Oh, That was bad enough, right? And I was like, who does she think she is? This is so frustrating. So I kept it together, but like inwardly, I'm like seething, right? And because um, I'm a uh-huh. one wing nine, so like one, this is not acceptable. This is not how you act. This is not what you do. Yeah. Wing nine, I'm a peacemaker. Like, I don't want to cause hurt feelings. So I'm like, oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you to think of me. Blah blah blah. Really, I'm just like, how dare you? Oh, like literally, I yes. had to think and I had to pray over wearing a denim jacket for several months after this because I had to make sure I wasn't wearing my denim jacket out of spite. <laughs> You're like, well, now it's complicated. And there were, I will be honest, there were a couple times I could not wear the denim jacket because it was it was going to be pure out of spite. So then fast forward a couple Shoot. months. And do you know what this woman walks into church wearing? If you guessed a the denim, denim jacket, jacket no, you are uh. right. Yes. <gasps> I know. I was so, oh, it was so frustrating. Because so first you've embarrassed me for wearing this denim jacket. Hypocrite. I, I'm like, I'm going to say the H word. No, I shouldn't say it. Yes, I am. Here it comes. Hypocrite. And so I was not able to fly under the radar for that one. That denim jacket, man, it got me. Oh, did you say anything to her? No, I never did. I, we had a choice nickname for her. My husband and I did. We just kind of ignored what she had to say. And, you know, we would periodically still refer to her when I wear a denim jacket. <laughs> That's a very challenging situation. Oh, my gosh. Thank goodness you have nine in you or you might have really made a ruckus. <laughs> Teenage me for sure would have given her a piece of my mind. So... Thankfully, God shut my mouth, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. And did you put the sweater on? Oh, no, 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 no. The passive aggressive. Good girl. Uh-uh. No, I was wearing that jacket. I like to say when I tell stories and people are like, I can't believe like you as a pastor's wife. Blah, blah. I'm like, I was not always a pastor's wife. Please do not assume I am perfect because I wanted to shove that sweater down her throat, but I did not because I love Jesus. I love it. One of my other new favorite podcasts to listen to is called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. And I'm like, that just about sums it up. I love her. <laughs> I don't even need to listen to the podcast to know I would love that. Yes. Random stuff always happens to me. For instance, our next church we were at, we did middle school ministry. And so we had grown our ministry enough so where we were finally able to do our own camp. So we were at camp and it's time for wreck one night. And I had my kavu bag and I set it down on the ground because I don't like bugs. I made sure that I was not setting my bag down on an anthill. They kind of moved where we were for one of the wreck games. And so these girls 
moved all the stuff. And middle school girls, well, I just gave you my story of middle school. So that kind of sums up some of these middle school girls too, right? Middle school girls swallow chicken bones. (laughs) Right? And so they just were totally oblivious to where they were putting down my bag and their stuff. And so they totally put my coffee bag down on an anthill. Oh, no. I pick it up and I see there's ants all over it. I'm like, oh, man. So I brush them all off. When I went to go change clothes before session that night, one of them apparently, as I was taking off my shirt, transferred to my eye and bit my eyelid. What? (laughs) And so I had this fire ant bite me on my eyelid. Have you seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith? It's been a while. It's fantastic. It's a great one. Anyway, at one point he has this allergic reaction and uh, his whole face swells up. Well, that's basically what I looked like. My whole eye in the matter of minutes swells shut. It's epic. (laughs) I have a picture of it and it is the most grotesque thing on the planet. Can we please put that picture in the show notes, please? Oh, totally. I have no shame. My eye totally swells shut and it's ridiculous and it stays that way for a day and a half. Any of those girls that were feeling like they were awkward and terrible looking and hideous, look at me. It does not get better, girls. That was probably a major gift because you know they're probably totally looking up to you. Yeah. And no, girls, yeah. there is you're in the prime of your life, middle school like, girls. Look at this. None of us are fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so not only do you have a lot of awkward, crazy things happen to you, but it sounds like they tickle your funny bone like they do mine. I love it. <laughs> After the yeah. fact, probably. Not necessarily during, but... <laughs> oh, even during. You just can't take life too seriously. You know? I mean, yeah. I think that that's really the thing, is that you've got to learn to laugh at yourself. Because other people will laugh at you. So you've got to learn to laugh at it, too. Otherwise, your feelings are going to get hurt every five seconds. Yep. And you just can't. That's so. right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, laughter is just so good for us. It's just this powerful, awesome thing. It connects us, and it does all these wonderful things to our brain chemistry. So yeah. we should do it whenever we can. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Bioscience. I have been using Beauty Bio's product, The Quench, which is a morning and evening intensely nourishing facial cream. And I have been absolutely loving it. I don't tend to have super dry skin, but I am starting to get a little bit of crepiness on my neck, especially if I'm dried out. I have been using this quench and I've noticed that it's super hydrating without being at all greasy. I have no idea how they do it. You can put a really thin layer on because it glides on so nicely. And I've noticed a significant decrease of that crepey look, especially on my neck. So I am loving this moisturizer. Go to beautybio.com, click bestsellers and choose the quench. You will not regret trying this product. And if you use the coupon code fancyfree at checkout, you will get 15% off of your entire purchase. So go to beautybio.com and check them out. It's time to talk about life hacks. Do you have a quick life hack for the listeners? I do. It's a super weird one. So you know how when you cut up onions and your like eyes will start watering and tearing up? If you take a piece of bread and you put it in your mouth and hold it between your teeth and your lips, while you cut up the onion, you won't cry. What? That is a great life hack. (laughs) And then if you're hungry, just take a bite, you know? Well, no, because it does take on kind of an onion flavor. Then you just have to give it to the chickens afterwards. There you go. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? Lately, I have been reading the book, The New Jim Crow, and it is super eye-opening. And whether you agree with all of social justice issues going on in the world or 
you have reservations or whatever. This is just a really great book to kind of open your eyes to some new ways of looking at things. And so that's been a real, it's a heavy read and it's like a big chunky book, but it's a really great one. And then I love food and I love documentaries. And so the docu-series, The Food That Built America has been so fun for me. It takes you all through the history of Kellogg's and Post Cereal and Mars Candy and M&M's. It's really fun. It's a fun one. Okay, I will list both of those in the show notes. And then you have a trick for how your son can help with food prep. Tell me about that. You can find them on Amazon. If you just type in kid-friendly knives, they're these heavy-duty plastic knives. And he has loved helping me. He's eight and he will help me cut up onions. He thinks the bread trick is like the greatest thing on the planet. It's great. He's my little like sous chef helping me prep all this stuff with these knives. It's the coolest and I don't have to worry about him chopping off his finger. Oh, that's so awesome. Tell me about your cookie making with your kids. I love cookies. I used to have a custom sugar cookie business. It was so much fun. I'm a sugar cookie artist myself, but I I only do it at Christmas time and I give them as gifts. I love doing that, but it's a ton of work. It is. So that's why I had to kind of pick and choose and say, okay, I've done it for 10 years. It's time to move on for book writing and podcasting and all of that. But I love it. And so cookies are a huge thing for me. And cake mix cookies are the greatest. They are super quick, easy, and not super messy with the kids. And so literally just take a box of cake mix, whatever cake mix you want. And then you add in two eggs and a half cup of oil and you mix it together and then it'll be a thick dough, kind of like cookie dough. And then you add in chocolate chips or sprinkles or whatever you want to add into it, which is where the kids really get to have fun and they get to just, you know, make their own concoctions of whatever. And then you bake it at 350 for eight to 10 minutes and you have cake mix cookies and they're super easy and delicious every time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to make these today. Yay! I have this box of confetti cake mix in my pantry right now. Yes. Yes. And they're great. And then it's easy. Like if you don't want all of them in the house, then you just go deliver them to a neighbor. And then that's a perfect way to love your neighbor well. And then you don't have to eat all the cookies yourself or keep them for yourself and love yourself well. Yeah. Put them (laughs) in a really pretty cake dish on the countertop and just feel happy every time you walk in the kitchen. But then you have this like tug of war of self-restraint. It's very hard. Because they're delicious, I'm sure. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given or given? The best piece of advice that I've ever been given is choose your hills to die on. This works for marriage. This works for parenting. This works for jobs. This works for everything is choose what is the most important thing. What is worth you standing your ground on come hell or high water? You're not going to give in. You're not going to compromise on those two to three things. Those are your hills to die on. And the rest of it is up for conversation or compromise and working through that. And I think that that's just really important because it's easy to stand firm in our ground, especially me as an Enneagram one. I'm very black and white. I like feel strongly about everything, even if it's something I'm not super familiar with. I suddenly have an opinion on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so it's easy for me to take this and be like, this is what you should do. But really, I have to put everything through a gospel lens and I have to say, okay, what what's worth like fighting over what's worth losing a relationship over what's worth doing that over and if it's not worth that then just chill out Rachel very good like what are your deal killers and if it's not a deal killer then you just need to take a breath and maybe let it go by learn from that other perspective now the best advice I have given I'm a I'm biased obviously right because it's my (laughs) advice that I'm giving out but you're um, like that was good (laughs) is for parenting 
for new parents especially, kids survived the Middle Ages. They will survive you. You are better than the bubonic plague. <laughs> that quote's going up on Instagram for your episode, for Yay, sure. perfect. I mean, <laughs> seriously, so you can read all the books and do all the things, but at the end of the day, you're better than bubonic plague, and kids survived that. You're fine. You are doing better than you think. What is one surprising thing about you that no one would be able to tell just by looking? I don't think most people actually probably know this. I love going spelunking, which is like exploring caves. Oh my. I love it. You're not at all claustrophobic then. No, that's funny because I don't like bugs. I don't like dark spaces and I don't like feeling claustrophobic. So yeah, it's really weird that I'm down for caves. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I had the opportunity when I was working at a church plant in Iowa when I was in college to go spelunking. It's the first time I'd ever gone. And I was like, I mean, why not? Let's see if I like it. And I loved it. There is something for me about seeing this (laughs) weird underbelly of nature that's super fun and like intriguing. And I love it. And a big part of my story is beauty from ashes. And so for me, caves are a great spot of that. On the outside, they don't look really that impressive. But there's so much beauty inside of it once you get to see all the slagmites and slagtites and all those cavey words. What's the biggest cave you've ever been in or the most famous cave? It's this underground cave in Tennessee, not far from Chattanooga. And there's actually an underground lake that you can go to and do like glass bottom tours of this lake where there's fish that are now blind because they live in this cave underground with no light. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I want to say it's like the lost island or something like that. And then also in Chattanooga is Ruby Falls, which is this huge waterfall that's in a giant cave. So you go way down underground and there's this massive waterfall and they still can't find the source of it actually, which is pretty cool and crazy. Oh my gosh. Mystery. Yeah. Wow. That's a really fun one too. Awesome. All right. Well, tell me where our listeners can find more of you. You can find me at rachelshelb.com. You can also find me on Instagram at rachelshelb. And then you can, of course, follow my podcast at Love Well on Purpose. It's a five-minute podcast, so pretty much everyone has time to to carve out five minutes of their day. Mm -hmm. And I'll spell that for you guys. It's R-A-C-H-E-L-S-C-H-E-L-B. Correct. Yep, you got it. Oh my gosh, Rachel, you are so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks so much for having me. This was a trip. This is great. Thank you so much for listening to Fancy Free today. Wasn't Rachel adorable? I loved her transparency and her sense of humor. Make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 63 to get all the links we talked about. And make sure you go listen to Rachel's funny dating story at fancyfreepodcast.com slash date three and Rachel's at 2114. Next week, we have a really interesting show, you guys. Our guest next week is Mary Turner Thompson, and she tells us all about finding out that her husband had not only a second family, but many other families. It is just a practically unbelievable story. I cannot wait to share it with you. Remember to subscribe to the show so new episodes pop into your feed each week. Sign up for the newsletter so that you'll get bloopers and outtakes and exclusive sneak peeks of future episodes. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private slice of the internet. The question of the week this week is, what's the craziest thing you've ever swallowed?
it would absolutely make my little heart sing if you would leave a written review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts so that this little podcast can get into more ears. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. (laughs) 